Welcome to Have Hope Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. And today I'm here with Alyssa Clayton. Alyssa is a pharmacy student. She's a user of essential oils. She's an advocate for clean living. And she strives to find the healthy medium between medication and natural products. So today we're going to talk about what sometimes seems like conflicting ideas. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's start with a little bit of the beginning of your story. What made you decide to go to pharmacy school? Yeah, so um, I ultimately decided to go to pharmacy school all the way back in high school, actually. Um, I had kind of wanted to bring together my passions for science and for helping others and um, really serving those in need. And so one of the best ways it seemed like to do that was to kind of start exploring the healthcare professions. Uh, I didn't, I realized that I didn't have as much of an interest in the diagnosing part of healthcare, um, but I do really enjoy the treatment part. So mm. pharmacy school seemed like a, a natural uh, best choice for me. And I've been really happy with my decision. That's awesome. What made you get into natural living? So the natural living part was a little bit um, of a more complicated story. And uh, there's been a lot of different fun twists and turns that have gotten me to where I am today. But ultimately, the reason that I decided to start just exploring what it meant to, to live a more like natural, um, healthy life was I noticed being in healthcare that there seemed to be this really polarized view of natural products in general. Um, I found that those that were on the healthcare side of things, a lot of them felt like, you know, natural products, essential oils, everything along those lines was mostly a hoax. And then I found a lot of people that were into this world of essential oils and natural products that really had almost given up on Western medicine. Um, and that, those two very polarized views didn't seem to make sense to me anymore. Um, both sides felt so passionately about their decision. And I wanted to see if my viewpoint could be somewhere in the middle. Um, and so I kind of just wanted to start exploring and decide for myself rather than continuing to listen to others' opinions. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be able to form my own opinion based on my own research. And so I started doing research on natural products. I specifically have mostly delved into essential oils, mostly because I find that to be the most polarized topic. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to know for myself, it was a, a point of curiosity. Um, and the, the cool thing about getting into this is that it's something that in many ways can relate back to pharmacy, um, which, you know, obviously is a passion of mine and it's going to be my career path, but it's also been able to be a hobby because mm -hmm. it's something that I can completely make my own. I don't have assignments or deadlines. It's really just whatever is driving me and fueling me in this passion that I have developed. So um, that, like I said, it's kind of a little bit more complex sure. of a story there, but it's been something that I really enjoyed. That's awesome. And so you've taken these two ideas that seem conflicting and you found a way to reconcile that and you found a way for them to work together. What has that looked like in your life? Yeah. So, you know, it's so funny because people ask me all the time, you know, how did you get here? You're in pharmacy school. You know, this doesn't seem like a natural progression to want to be exploring the natural side of things. But um, in a lot of ways, I think that they come together quite nicely because at the end of the day, all I want to do is be able to treat my patients yeah. and be able to help others with their ailments. 
Um, and I understand where the confusion comes from for people as to how these two could really mesh, these two worlds really could like mesh together. But one of the ways I like to think about it is, um, I think it's easy, easiest to think about it when it comes down to individual like disease states or different health problems. Um, you're not gonna treat something like a headache the same way that you're gonna treat diabetes. Sure. Um, you know, for something like a headache, I am comfortable trying to use peppermint oil before I go to something like ibuprofen. Um, you know, while a lot of those medications that you would use for headache are still relatively low risk, you know, why not try the natural mm -hmm. side first if it is able to work for you? Um, I like to use things like CBD for headaches as well. And so things like that, I think it's, it's a good idea to why not try something natural mm -hmm. first? Whereas when we talk about more complex disease states like diabetes, for instance, I work with a lot of diabetes patients and I know the pathophysiology well enough behind, um, behind diabetes to know that natural products would not be a reasonable option for someone with that disease state. Um, and it doesn't make sense for me to recommend a natural option. It makes sense for me to recommend a medication choice um, because that is ultimately what is gonna allow them to have the best outcomes. And so, I completely understand where the, where it seems confusing to so many people. And I think outside looking in, I would think the same way, but when you really bring it down to the, the patient and specifically what they are looking for help in, I find it to be pretty clear usually at the end of the day. How can you kind of differentiate when is one more like a headache and natural is okay. And when is one more like diabetes where you need to need to pursue medication? You know, that part can be a little bit more complicated to figure out, especially, you know, you know, with my healthcare background, at least I have a little bit of an idea of what is going on in the body that's actually causing these different mm -hmm. diseases and even things as small as like headache to happen. But I think to break it down into even just thinking about more mild ailments versus complex and complicated disease states, um, some of these more mild conditions that you can uh, try out different natural products for, I think it just makes sense to, you know, why not give it a try before mm -hmm. you go onto a medication where um, possibly the medication may have more side effects that mm -hmm. you would want to be concerned about. Um, I've spoken um, a decent amount about uh, my thoughts on things like anxiety and different mental health yeah. things um, where I do think that exploring a natural option, at least in conjunction with a lot of these other tools or medications mm -hmm. or whatever works for you. I think it's a great idea to be able to explore a natural option because um, based on how I know things like essential oils are able to work in the body, it makes sense with that condition why mm -hmm. they would go together. Um, and unfortunately, I do think a lot of that comes down to having a healthcare background, which I'm really fortunate to be able to have um, but I would say in the, in the simplest of terms, it comes down to just the severity of the disease state you're working with. Yeah. That's kind of where I fall as well. I am an essential oil user myself. And when I was first getting into oils, I won't even pretend that I'm kind of an expert. I was just Googling any little like symptom I had. I was like, how do you solve this with essential oils? And I don't know that I recommend just running to Google for everything, but <laughs> I found some that worked really well for me. And I was like, oh, I like this. Like, this is a good option, but obviously it does get to a point where the oil is not going to fix it. And at that point I need to go for an over-the-counter medication or call my doctor or whatever is the right choice, depending on what's going on. So yeah, it does seem like a great first step for me. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, <clears throat> I think you bring up a really great point about the fact that, you know, you can try things and if it doesn't like try something like for instance, the first thing that comes to my mind is like tea tree oil. A lot of people will use tea tree oil for little like spots of acne. Um, personally, I will use that for like little flare ups and things like that. But I also have recognized that that is not going to be the single thing that works alone for me. So I that's when you go to the doctor and you start discussing if there's other medication options that you can also use in conjunction with yeah. um, a natural product like a tea tree oil. Yeah. While we're here talking about essential oils, what are some of your favorite oils that you use? Oh, okay. So I am a, definitely a big, big fan of all things emotional support oils. Mm -hmm. um, I Probably the most popular one for most people would be lavender. Lavender has fortunately a lot of um, research behind it. So I love getting to talk about lavender because it's the easiest one to support with evidence. Um, but <clears throat> for my own self, different emotional support oils like frankincense is one of my favorites. Um, there's some really cool like kind of combo blend oils um, that different companies make that I am really just a huge fan of. It's incredible to me uh, when I am having a moment of anxiety or stress and I am able to take an oil and just smell it and use mm -hmm. everything related to my olfactory system in my nose all the way up to my limbic system in my brain. And just that scent alone is able to allow me to take a deeper breath and really slow my heart rate and my breathing to be able to take a second and relax. Yeah. So do you just so frankincense is probably my number one. <laughs> frankincense is my number one as well. I know lavender has oh. great health benefits. And so I use it, but I used to live abroad and at, like I was basically a nomad missionary and I had some lavender mm -hmm. in my bag. And so I would smell it all the time whenever I was packing and packing was a stressful thing. So now it's got a negative association in my brain that I'm trying to override, oh, no. <laughs> but I love frankincense. Um, so do you like smell the oils, diffuse them? Do you, you like intake them, put them on your skin? How do you use them? Yeah. So it really just depends on what I'm using them for. I generally do have my diffuser going most days. But honestly, a lot of times when I have my diffuser going, it's more just for the scent. Like they just smell so good. I'll come up with, I love experimenting with different blends and things like that. Um, but I also like to have my diffuser going at night to help me sleep. Like I'll put lavender and some cedarwood and um, just to help mm. me relax as I'm going to bed. Um, like I mentioned for things like acne, I'll just use it topically, just directly mm. on my face. Um, in terms of the emotional support oils, uh, my favorite way to use them is in roller bottles. Ooh. I love experimenting with different recipes and mm -hmm. different just combinations of oils. So a lot of times I will use them in a roller bottle and I'll roll um, it on my wrists and on my neck. Um, mm -hmm. And I find, and even just inhale it, just like put it directly below my nose. And um, the nice thing about those is you can have them on the go. So anywhere you can just throw them in your purse and they're easy access at any time. And it's not something like a diffuser where everyone ha everyone in the room has to be smelling what you're smelling. You can um, just have it right there. So probably roller bottles are my most, mm -hmm. or my most popular way, my favorite way to use them. Yeah. Those are also my favorite ways as well. So let's talk that. about CBD oil. What is okay. it? Is it legal? How does it work? So CBD oil, it's cannabidiol oil. And, um, it's CBD is always fascinating to me because it can be a controversial topic, um, which I 
find surprising, but I think that it's just because of a miscommunication that's occurred over time. So CBD does come from a cannabis plant, which automatically people are like, wait, I've heard the word cannabis. That means illicit drugs. Well, not necessarily. So it is true that what people reference as marijuana or weed, that is that does come from a cannabis plant. However, how it basically works is you have to think about cannabis as basically a family of plants. Um, within the cannabis family, you'll have hemp plants, and then you'll have like the typical marijuana plants. Um, the hemp plants, that is where you're going to get the actual CBD oil from. And when we break it down into what is actually, what CBD is versus what the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana is, is it's a difference between CBD and THC. Um, the THC is found in the marijuana plant, but, and that is what is the psychoactive component that makes people get that high. Um, however, when you're talking about the hemp plant, which is where the CBD oil comes from, there is, in CBD oil, there's less than 0.3% THC in CBD mm. oil. It is not possible for you to get high off of CBD oil. Um, and in fact, if for people that are still concerned that maybe that 0.3% may have a chance, um, they actually even make isolate forms of CBD that have absolutely 0% THC in them. And so, and that's all personal preference, which mm -hmm. one um, you, you choose to use. But um, based on the fact that there is virtually no THC in CBD oil, I actually don't really find it to be a controversial topic at all. Um, every time I discuss it on a public platform, people do ask me questions about it. They're like, are you really comfortable sharing about that? And I'm like, yeah, I am. I don't understand. Like, I think that as long as we're educated on what it means, it's not a controversial topic. Um, and so I personally really enjoy using CBD. It's another natural product that surprisingly there is a lot of research behind. And so I'm very comfortable recommending it as well. There's a lot of different great uses for it. Personally, um, like I mentioned, I my the biggest way I use it is for headaches, honestly. Sure. That's awesome. And thank you for the chance to educate us on that because it is so controversial for people who don't know. It's helpful to know, yeah. hey, this is actually what's going on with this. This I don't know if you call it a medication or an oil, what, you, what the proper term is for it. It's an oil. Yeah, it's an oil product. Sure. So what what, how it works. And because it's so closely related to marijuana, but is different, people kind of panic. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think most people realize that it's actually a completely different plant that they come from. So mm -hmm. I always think it's really interesting and neat to get to educate people on that. Yeah. Thank you for that. I learned. So if somebody's thinking about starting to live a more natural life, what are some good starting places? Yeah. So Honestly, this is probably the toughest part, I think, for people is just that initial getting started. Um, and I am no exception to that. That is That was the toughest part for me, too, because it's a little bit of a learning curve. Uh, personally, I can share how I got started because um, all I can speak to is my own experience. But what I did is I personally decided, you know, I wanted to get involved with essential oils first when I started on this whole process because of the fact that I wanted to learn more about it as such a polarized topic. Um, so what I did was I knew I wanted to go with a company where 
they were selling the highest quality oils that I could find and the ones that I found to be most trustworthy. Um, I have big trust issues with natural products because of how they are regulated by the FDA. And so I wanted to make sure that I was going with the best choice that I could find, which at the end of the day ended up being uh, Young Living's essential oils. So through that, I ended up just going ahead and deciding to get a starter kit. They sell um, these premium starter kits that have like 12 oils in it. They're some of the most common oils. I was like, okay, that sounds like a great way to get started. So I went ahead and did that. Um, they have a lot of education resources that come with it, thankfully, especially the group that I was able to get mine through. And um, through that, I just did a lot of my own research. I started, one of the best things that you can do when you're getting started with essential oils is just start using them, which sounds ridiculous because you're like how can you just start using something that you don't know how to use right but just start putting things in the diffuser seeing what you actually you know really vibe with and what mm -hmm. smells good to you um and resonates with you and so I just started you know trying different things in the diffuser doing my own research and figuring out what what oils could be used for different for all sorts of different things so personally I do believe really strongly in the starter kit because I feel that it's when you have all like 12 oils together that mm -hmm. are um, some of the best ones to just get started with and are the most popular. That's a great way to just be able to try out different things. I'm not a big fan of having people buy like, for instance, like three oils that they're, they're just interested in because I don't think you get the full benefits unless you're actually able to experiment with a bunch of different options. Mm -hmm. So that's why I personally feel so strongly about getting a starter kit like that. Um, but at the end of the day, what it really comes down to is the process of what they call ditching and switching. Um, and so <laughs> that is all the way from, for some people that means, you know, switching out their over-the-counter medications for things like oils. Um, for me, that meant switching out a lot of like my household cleaners, like mm. my hand soaps my dish soaps, um, my laundry detergent, things like that, that are containing hidden, uh, I'm hesitant to use the word chemicals, but what I like to use is harmful chemicals. Yeah. Um, there have these hidden harmful chemicals in them that no one is even aware that they're, that are being put into their body at all times. You know, these are all things that we're directly putting on our skin, our largest organ, mm -hmm. um, and is being absorbed into our bloodstream. And so for me, that really meant switching over my household cleaning products. Um, it's switching over makeup and different toiletries and, uh, you know, all the things for your laundry, like I mentioned, um, ditching and switching to just more healthy options that are going to mm -hmm. be more beneficial in the long term. Yeah. So you made a differentiation in there that I want, I've heard you talk about before, and I want to hear, hear you expand a little bit between chemicals and harmful chemicals. Yeah. Yeah, so this is um, a topic that I do feel pretty strongly about being in the realm of science. Uh, I think that terminology is really important when we discuss this because when it comes to anything in the world of natural living, people are very quick to jump down your throat and attack any um, anything that do doesn't sound 100% legitimate. And so everything is a chemical. Everything that we're surrounded by is a chemical. Things as simple as the water that we are drinking, that is H2O, that is a chemical. Um, so when people try to say things like chemical free lives, I cringe just a little bit because I'm like, I, that's just not, you, that's not exactly what you mean <laughs> right. when you say that. Um, and so 
I like to focus more on harmful chemicals and what, and specifically ingredients that we are wanting to get out of the products that we are using. That's a good differentiation. When I heard you say that the first time I was like, oh yeah, water is a chemical. You're right. That makes perfect sense. So we talked yeah, a little it's bit. It's so funny. It's not something we think about. <laughs> no, not at all. You just drink it and then you're like, oh yeah, technically a chemical, yeah. <laughs> a healthy one, but technically a chemical. <laughs> yeah. So we talked a little bit about like essential oils for mental health. What other tips do you have for mental health? Yeah. So, um, mental health is something that has been a huge passion of mine for a while now, uh, just to share a little bit about my own story. When I was in high school, I had actually lost a friend to suicide. And one of the best ways that I could cope with that scenario at the time was to really just dive myself into advocacy for mental health. And so from that point forward, I really became a lifelong advocate for mental health um, and openly talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so fast forward a few years down the road, um, I had hit some bumps in the road in my own life and I ended up in a place where I was struggling with my own mental health. And so I decided to delve even deeper into learning new tools for how to, how to combat some of those things. And so essential oils are definitely one of the biggest things that I use for my own mental health. Um, I find it absolutely fascinating to just the impact that they can have on you when you're in the moment of these extremely stressful uh, scenarios. And so And the most interesting part for me has even been to like learn the science behind it. It's really fascinating when you realize that there actually is a legitimate reason why this would work in your brain. Mm -hmm. And so that has been a big thing for me. I've loved, loved, loved learning about essential oils and how it works in that way. But as well, there are a lot of other strategies that I've been able to utilize for instance, one of my, one of the things that I think works the fastest and most effectively is breathing exercises. I'm a huge fan of breathing exercises. Um, I'm a huge fan of journaling and meditation and yoga and all these things. Um, I'm a really big advocate for therapy as well. I think it can do absolutely incredible things. I think everyone should have the opportunity to be able to go to therapy in their lifetime. Um, and then another big one for me is, is relying on my faith. Um, Mm -hmm. That is, has been one of the most tried and true ways that I've been able to get through these difficult times in my life is, you know, through prayer. Um, I have also noticed that worship music has made a big difference in my life personally. It's the, just that small difference between, you know, just turning on the radio to, you know, whatever is, you know, on the the top hits or whatever, Mm -hmm. doing that and instead transitioning over to worship music. I just noticed how improved my positivity was in general throughout the day. Um, when you are, when you're more inundated with all of these, these positive messages. And so all those things have really been huge benefits for me. But one of the things that I always love to share is that, you know, the same thing is not going to work for every single person. And so I think it's really important anytime someone is going through an experience with mental health is to just give yourself grace, take some time to figure out what really works for you. Um, and don't expect that the same thing is going to work for everyone, but you will find the tools that, that work for you and are able to benefit you. Yeah. I like that encouragement of like, not everything's going to work, but something will work. And so it's a matter of finding what is that something. Is there a way you can explain the essential oils and how it works with the brain? 
So it's kind of complex, but I, but I will explain it in like the simplest of terms that I can, because even it's a lot of times it's like above even my pay grade. Um, but basically the, we have our olfactory system, what is, which works in our nose and is able to work with uptaking smells. And when we inhale a, a scent, it's able to go to our limbic system in the brain, which is our processing, which is a pr- part of our processing center that's able to connect also with a, an association between memories as well. Like you were mentioning with lavender, you now have a negative association with that memory, unfortunately, unfortunately, um, which is why when you smell lavender now, your brain and your limbic system is telling you, hey, you don't like that because you have a med- negative memory associated with it. You need to pack faster. So, Let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so it can also work on the flip side of things. Um, so a lot of times it is that association between memory as well. If you think about like, for instance, um, the smell of cookies, um, Mm. that can a lot of times put you in a place where you remember being like at your grandmother's house as a child. And that can elicit really positive emotions Mm -hmm. and feelings. And so it works pretty similarly with an essential oil. It all has to do with the connection between the olfactory system in those and the limbic system in your brain and how the processing center in your brain is able to work and cause positive emotions to occur. That's fascinating. That's absolutely fascinating. If we want to learn more, do you know some good resources for us? Yeah. So I, (laughs) I will say I do have an Instagram page where I try to share about a lot of these topics. Um, everything from essential oils to cleaner living to mental health and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, my personal handle is non-farm farm D. And so I will also share a lot of other accounts on there as well through different stories and reposts and things like that. Um, the hard thing when it comes to everything along the lines of uh, natural products is that a lot of it is like, you feel like you have to just Google because there's not as much of you know, the same type of, you know, package inserts and things like that, that you would have for medications Mm -hmm. and there's just less research on it. And so I've been, I've tried to use my page as a way to kind of bring together the evidence that we do have um, into a concise space where people can really learn some valuable information. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try to share a lot on there about, you know, kind of resources that you can use. Yeah. That is definitely what I found your page to be. And that's, I don't think I said this at the beginning of the episode. That's how Alyssa and I got connected was through her Instagram. I was learning from her and thought, hmm, she's got stuff more of us can learn from. Oh, that makes me so happy. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, absolutely. Is it possible to go too far? Well, probably either direction, but especially like the natural direction of like too clean. Hmm. That is an interesting question. You know, I think that what the trap that some people I do see sometimes get into is um, kind of what I alluded to at the beginning, where there's a lot of people that have gotten into this realm of essential oils and natural livings that have, in a lot of ways, given up on Western medicine, um, which I find to be a slightly dangerous trap to get into, because I think there's a time and place for both, but I don't think they can be mutual. I don't think that you can have necessarily one without the other. Yeah. Um, and so the, the fear that I do have sometimes with people who are wanting to go completely onto the side of natural living is that um, they won't necessarily reach out 
to a doctor or the healthcare system in times when medications really are absolutely necessary. Um, things when, like when we talk about having um, like a bacterial infection, um, antibiotics are necessary. There are times when antibiotics are absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. There are things like, once again, with some of these severe disease states, like for instance, with diabetes, a lot of times we'll see one of the popular natural products that people like to use is cinnamon. But quite frankly, there's just not a lot of evidence behind mm. that actually being an appropriate um, treatment option or it even having any kind of benefit whatsoever. And so when we talk about some of these more complex disease states, it's just important to, for people to remember that sometimes it is okay to explore the pharmaceutical options mm -hmm. as well. And in fact, you're actually doing a disservice to your health if you um, forget about when those are especially crucial to yeah. use. Yeah, that's valid. That's a good differentiation as well. Thank you. So I know this is kind of a hot topic right now in the pandemic. What's your opinion on things like masks, vaccines, sheltering in place, stuff like that? Yeah, so um, I personally do feel that things like masks and social distancing are especially important during this time that we are in. Um, and, you know, I understand the uh, hesitation that some people have. It's really hard right now to filter through the vast array of all sorts of different opinions and um, information that is constantly being thrown at us during a time of such uncertainty. Um, I personally do choose to go with a lot of the CDC recommendations that are coming out um, because I do feel like that is where the most true evidence comes from. In terms of the vaccine, um, I was, for those that are, you have been hesitant about getting it, um, I, I understand. I get where where you're coming from. Um, I would say last summer I had some hesitancies too, and it wasn't really until more solid evidence started coming out from the clinical trials that were occurring, um, and as we learned more about the technology that was being used to actually develop these vaccines. It wasn't really until we fully got the full picture on that, that I became comfortable with the decision to get it. Um, I actually am a huge fan now of the way that, that this vaccine is designed. Um, I have done a great deal of digging into the clinical trials. Yeah. And so I really understand um, what was the methods that were used to conduct them. I don't believe that there was any rush on anything that was done. And so I feel personally very comfortable with my decision to have gotten the vaccine. Um, but I, I get why it's, I get why it's hard for so many. Um, you know, one of the biggest things is you, you hear a lot of times the term, you know, you have to do your own research. Mm -hmm. uh, and while that definitely is true, like it's always so important to be as educated as you can. Um, unfortunately, reading through scientific research is extremely complex. Like I think probably more complex than anyone truly even understands. Um, we take semesters upon semesters of classes just on how to read scientific li literature um, in school. It's because it's that important to really understand what you're reading, which from a lay perspective is, is just honestly almost impossible to do right. without the background. 
Um, and so I understand where the hesitancy comes from because there's a lot of things that have been really complicated throughout this whole process. And um, I feel very blessed and fortunate to be able to have some of the training that I do to be able to dig through that and be able to form that opinion for myself um, based on the evidence that has come out. So personally, I do feel that um, I made the right decision with getting the vaccine. I think everything in the realm of health and wellness and all kinds of medications, natural mm -hmm. products, everything in between comes down to a discussion of risk versus benefit. Um, and so for, it may not be the right choice for, for every single person, but I think for most that we can pretty confidently now say that, um, there, that the benefits do outweigh the risks, which, yeah. which I feel very fortunate that we are now at that place. Yeah. I'm so grateful for that too. And you're right. It took us a while for everyone to see how we got there. Um, and I, I mean, I have a degree in English, right? And I can't read some of the scientific journals. What recommendations do you have when somebody's looking for sources to do research? Like how do I defer, how do I identify if a source is a valid one? Yeah. So I think this is probably, this is a, this is honestly a very difficult question uh, to answer because, you know, once again, like I said, I've, I've had to go through semesters of classes just to be able to get to my, a place of my own understanding. And so um, things like for me personally, when I'm looking for, for scientific literature, I am going to places like PubMed and Google Scholar. But once again, like when anything you're going to get to on those websites, it's first of all, it's going to be really hard to get to the answers that you want to get to based on how the search engines are run. And second, it's even harder than to be able to dig through what the material actually even means. And so it's tough. I think, um, at the end of the day, a lot of it is just going back to um, those that you trust within healthcare. Ask your doctor questions, ask your pharmacist mm -hmm. questions. Um, that's what they're there for. They're, they're gonna be happy to answer any questions that you have. They're gonna be, they're gonna prefer that you ask and get the correct answers rather than having to go to, you know, maybe a less valid source. Um, it's so hard when you're going to things like Google and um, like WebMD, like WebMD tells us all that we're gonna die from everything. And so yeah. it's a lot harder to go to, to resources like that. So if you're able to speak with a healthcare professional, I think that's probably one of the best ways to go about it. Cause I'm sure they'd be more than happy to answer your questions. Yeah, definitely. That's super helpful. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So one of the questions that we always like to end our show with is, and you can take it in the context of the conversation we've already had, or you could go a totally different direction. What do you wish everyone knew? I wish that everyone knew that natural products and pharmaceuticals do not have to be mutually exclusive. Um, I wish that everyone knew that there really could be a happy medium mm -hmm. where we can incorporate both of these things into our lives and be able to better our bodies in a way through using both of them. Um, so I'm hopeful that we're going to be moving in that direction and that people will be able to um, as time moves forward to be able to incorporate both into their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great answer. And I especially think about like you as a pharmacist are going to be able to help people when they're, they're trying healthy products and pharmaceuticals, and you're going to be able to tell them, Hey, this is a good one to go this direction. And this is a good one to not. And Hey, actually those are conflicting and maybe you shouldn't do both of those. So I'm so glad that you've got those knowledge. Cause I think your patients are going to really benefit from it. Thank you. I hope so. That's, that's always the goal at the end of the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for your time today. We will link to your Instagram in the show notes. Um, do you have any other places you want us to link to? 
Um, my Instagram is my biggest one. The The goal one day would be have to have a full on blog up and running, but I think that may be a little bit farther down the road. So uh, the best place to find me is through Instagram. And I'm always more than happy to connect with anyone who is interested and willing. So if anyone wants to send me a message through my Instagram page, and if they have any questions about anything I discussed today, I'd be more than happy to share about that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, get through school before you work on a blog. <laughs> thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Jump over to Instagram and connect with Alyssa. She's nonfarmfarmd. I have learned so much from her Instagram account, and I know that you will do the same while you're on Insta. Let's be friends as well. You don't call them friends on Instagram. Just pretend, okay? At Katie Axelson. My friend, know that you are loved, know that you are cared for, and we will see you again in two weeks.